0: Well, hello. How are you? Geez, it has been a couple of weeks and I just thought I would jump on and record a quick podcast because I kind of miss doing it. I got to be honest with you. So, um, you know, I have a few episodes coming up with some really super cool people. But in the meantime, I actually just wanted to come on and... uh shoot the shit as they say and just talk a little bit about some of the stuff that's been going on in the world and some of my feelings towards what's going on in the world and um yeah i mean we're we're uh what is it today october or something fourth i think fifth fourth it's a sunday And, you know, the president's in the hospital and that got me thinking about some things that I kind of want to talk about today. And uh, believe it or not, I actually want to venture into politics a little bit because um, not because I want to convince people to go out and vote or to choose a candidate or any of those things, but... Really, more so, I want to talk about the fact that we got to stop allowing politics to separate us. And I say that because I have friends, I have employees, I have family members, I have customers, I have suppliers who are completely losing it right now. And I'm talking both wings, too, by the way, so... Um, Or wing nuts, you know. I call them wing nuts on both ends, and you know, I'm. uh, I think those of you who know me really well know that I'm probably a little bit right of center, and uh, maybe fiscally a little bit further right of center. But when it comes to the social stuff, I'm pretty liberal, you know. And I think part of that is my upbringing. I come from Canada. I come from a fairly liberal country. And um, but at the same time, I've been kind of a business guy since my late teens, even though at times I've worked for other people. I've always thought like a business owner and I've always thought, you know, in sort of a fiscally responsible way. And um, it's not that I don't like paying taxes. I know that there are all kinds of myths about what being a little right of center means, or what being fiscally responsible or fiscally conservative means, um, it, it, you know it doesn't mean that I duck taxes. I actually don't mind paying taxes, but what I am going to do is this incredibly huge document, which is you know an encyclopedia uh, of sorts, is meant to be. Followed, and this is the tax code that I'm talking about. It's meant to be followed by individuals and businesses, and in some ways, it really crushes you. And then there's sort of this offsetting balance where it actually provides you some benefit. And you know, I I've seen a lot of stuff since uh, the president re- released his tax returns, and um, you know where people have said, look at him, he only paid $750. And, you know, there's a lot of things to talk about on that one. And I really don't want to get too far into it. But the the only message like I've made a real point of not arguing with people on Facebook, it's just not worth it. I've lost friends over it. I've, I've canceled friends over it, which I really despise doing. But The thing is, you know, in the very beginning, in like 2015 or 16, when he was running for for the office, um, you know, there was this big push to get him to release his tax returns. And the argument from the GOP and from Trump himself was that people, the average person who's standing there yelling and holding up signs saying, we want to see your tax returns doesn't have any idea what they're looking at. And I'm not being mean in saying that. I'm not being terrible or rude or horrible. I'm not saying that people are simple. I'm just saying that the average person does not understand either corporate tax returns or billionaire tax returns. Both of those are very complicated. They're, they're very detailed. They get into a lot of weird tax law that doesn't make sense to the average person. So... When you say that um, you know Trump pays less taxes than his secretary and things like that, it just doesn't make any sense because uh, you know, the average business person, and let's not talk about Trump, let's talk about me. Let's talk about many of you who are business people. The average business person pays taxes for his employees or with his employees alongside his employees on their income he pays taxes on his company's income he pays taxes on the building that he owns for his company or his house he pays taxes on all kinds of things and you know i guarantee you and i don't know because i haven't looked at his tax return because i don't care unless someone says it's illegal and that he's going to jail for it, then I might look at it and say, what really did this guy do? And does that have an impact on me voting for him or not? Or her or not? Or the other person or not? And in general, I think all politicians are bandits, I think. And I don't mean bandit lights, because that's a good company. But I mean bandits as in thieves and crooks and everything else. And you know, if you want to tell me that... Uh, you know, uh, McCarthy or Pelosi or Schumer or any of these people, Obama, any of them are not somehow gaming the system, you're lying. I mean, it's just not true. They're all doing it. They're all politicians for a reason. You know, the fact that once you get elected for a second term, you have the ability to be paid that salary for life, that's a huge incentive you know, what is it? $179,000, I think it is, or $174,000 for life. And plus the most incredible health insurance that you can possibly get. This is what these people are fighting for re-election for. So all of the things that we're seeing in the news being done by politicians on both sides. And the fact that they're fighting over whether or not to give us relief as business people and for the entertainment business specifically. um, They're not not being devilish because they don't want to help us. They're trying to get reelected. This is all that matters to these people is whether or not they get reelected. So back to the tax thing, you know, the bottom line is that taxes for businesses and taxes for rich people are very complicated. And there's a reason behind that. It's not because, you know, politicians just give out these incredible tax benefits to rich people and, you know, we're just taking care of the rich and all this stuff you know, this is just how it works. The rich, you know, I, I won't use the trickle down term because I know that people will slaughter me for that, but you have to generate money somewhere and you're not going to feed this country and all of its many needs, the trillions of dollars that it requires to operate this country and to take care of people and hospitals and healthcare. And education and everything else, you're not going to generate that money from middle-income people or low-income people. You're going to get a lot of that money from richer people. And you get it from richer people, not necessarily because they pay it on their personal tax returns, because that generally doesn't happen, but they do things with their money that helps to create a tax base in other ways. You know, they're buying real estate, they're buying cars, they're supporting, they're they're growing businesses and paying employees who are paying taxes and buying houses and buying cars and everything else. It's it is how the economy seems to operate. Now, am I an economist? No. Am I a tax genius? No. But what I do know is that tax returns for billionaires and business people are. Are too complicated for the average person who makes 70, 80, 100,000 a year, you know, lives with their family, gets their taxes done at h&r Block or by a local accountant. It, it's very, very complicated. And so, you know, I, I don't even know why I went off on this tax thing other than, you know, I, I'm so sick of these fights that happen on social media every day. And for the very first time ever, and, you know, I'm not a junkie by any means on social media, but I've actually really thought about getting off. And it's not because I think it's an incredible waste of time, because I love seeing pictures of people's family. I love, you know, today I saw that John Wiseman and, and his now wife got married on the beach today. They decided to elope and you know romantic cool awesome really nice people i loved seeing that picture today and learning it on social media i love seeing people who you know just got married their kid just graduated it's their birthday today i remember everyone's birthdays i'm admitting it here i remember because of facebook facebook tells me it's your birthday it's not because i'm just like oh my god it's bob smith's birthday today i better send him a message You know, it's Facebook reminding me just like the same reason I get three or four hundred happy birthdays every year on June 8th on my birthday. So, you know, the the thing is, I can't stand the fights and I pretty much I won't say I refuse to defriend people because of this political battle and warfare and just anger that's going on but I have been snoozing people. And there's a lot of people where you get unsnoozed for about two hours and I resnooze you for 30 days. And it's not because I don't agree with you, because I don't agree with most of you. I am a unique individual just like all of you are. None of us are going to have the exact same opinions on everything. It just doesn't work that way, right? So I'm not trying to create a tribe. I'm not out there telling people how to vote. I would never tell you how to vote because that's a personal thing. You should vote however you want to vote. And you know that's one of the things that's great about a democracy, right? Is if you don't like it, you go out and vote, and hopefully the system continues to work. And the people who vote the most will, in general, they'll get their person, and that person will run the country for four years, or will at least sit in the in the throne. Because uh, really, at the end of the day, it's it's Congress and and the Senate who run the country, but you know. It, for me i don't really care who votes for who i i honestly don't i would never choose a friend based on who you vote for i would never defriend someone or stop being your friend based on who you vote for but i have had quote friends on facebook who have told me that if you vote for this person or that person i you know defriend me now remove yourself now i do not want to hear why i don't want to talk to you that's it you're gone get lost. You're dead to me. And you know, I'm sorry, but to me, that's crazy. I, you know, it's it's just, to me, that makes no sense whatsoever by voting for one or the other person. You're not voting for who they are or everything they believe in or what their family values are or any of those things. You're just voting for who you think is going to do the best job protecting the country, controlling the country's vaults, you know, creating policy for the country, uh, foreign policy. I mean, this is what you're voting for. I'm not voting for the person who I think is the best person or has the best personality or the best hair or the best whatever. So, you know, again, I'm not telling anyone who to vote for because at the end of the day, I, I would never tell even my son who to vote for because I want him to vote for who he feels uh, is going to do the best job for what he thinks, you know, what his opinions are and his, uh, you know, future thoughts and all of those different things. So, you know, with that said, I mean, what's been going on the past couple of days with the president sick, I understand the hate. I understand people sort of going, aha, you know, maybe he'll die or, um, you know, just or or shaming him for for the stupid things that he's said or done, and this is this is this person, this is who he is. And you know what I can tell you is, for my own personal self, I've found a way to separate the man from his body of work, and that's how I'm able to stomach him. But um, you know, I don't think that wishing him badly or wishing the president dies, like what I've seen over the past two or three days is not like what I had been seeing. Let me back up a little bit. What I had been seeing is people feeling better about things, people feeling better about being in public, people feeling better about being in a crowd, God forbid. I saw sort of a glimmer of hope that we were working towards live events for our industry that would help our people, that would help our families, us personally. And that to me is a very good thing. That's what I want. And how we get there, you know, of course I care how we get there, but I want to get there. I want to get to a point where we're living life again and we're doing shows and we're working and everybody, you know, where I don't have to hear about people committing suicide or being homeless or, you know, going to work at Home Depot because their career in in show business is over or whatever it is. I just don't want to hear those stories. I want to hear that people have figured out how to find work in our industry and that our industry is recovering and that we're doing okay and all of those things safely, of course. But, you know, I want to see positive things happen to our industry. If the president were to die, and regardless of who that president is, whether he's a Democrat, a Republican, an Independent, I don't care who that president is. If the president dies, bad things happen. And so other countries think that we're uh, gullible or not gullible, we're, we're uh, I forget the word, I can't think of the word, and I know Eric Loder, if you're listening, you're yelling at me right now, but we're vulnerable, that's the word that I was trying to think of. We are vulnerable and attacks happen, or they start messing with our financial Uh, structure or you know those types of bad things happen people go back into their shell people want to be locked in the house for another year Uh, you know people who were saying aha we can't do events now are saying now they're feeling uh, you know somehow um, you know they're feeling like that's justified and that for two years now we can't do any events and we should stay locked up forever and people who are against us ever doing events again are saying, aha, they should never do events again. I told you people can't be together. And there's a lot of people out there who have an agenda and don't want us together. And I get that, you know, I, I completely understand. I don't accept it because that's just not who we are as, as a race. And um, so, you know, I think the president dying and even the president getting COVID, I think is a very negative thing. And I don't care if I voted for that president or not, if this was Obama, and he got COVID, I would be very concerned. If this is Trump and he got COVID, I would be very concerned. And I'm concerned not because necessarily that individual, whether they die or live, really matters to me or my family because we don't know them. So yes, it would be sad. You don't want to see anybody die, especially from this thing. But more importantly, I think it just sets us back a long way. And so I want not only for the president to recover, but I want him to recover quickly. And I want uh, that recovery to help us, not to hurt us. I want the recovery to prove that some of these uh, medications work or that um, you know we're in a very good place when a 74-year-old guy who's maybe not in the best health is able to recover so quickly and so fully And have the energy that he has to do his job and all of those things. That's what's important to me. Whether or not Trump lives or dies is not important to me. And sorry, you know, Trump family, but I don't know any of you. And you know, that's just not, uh, you know, that's just not where I'm at right now. So You know, I I just I think it's a negative thing. I think it's a horrible thing. If a president dies, I said the same thing about Boris Johnson. If a prime minister dies, if a queen dies, if a prince dies, if, you know, if a major movie star or a major music star dies because of covid, these are all bad things because it gets publicity. And what the press want is they want negative, negative, horrible stuff to happen because then they get to talk about it a lot and they sell more ads. And this is what makes that whole media world go around. So, you know, I want the president to recover and I want him to recover quickly. And so, you know, the, the big thing for me is that, You know, I've always been very positive and I think a lot of the people around me think that I'm nuts because I just keep talking positive and I keep saying we're going to get through this. And I originally it's brought up to me a lot that I used to say day 91 because I thought this was a 90 day problem and I had no information telling me that or telling me otherwise. It just felt like a 90 day problem. It felt like, okay, 60 days, this thing's going to start going away by day 91. We're going to be back to work. And this is a good thing. And I don't know what day we're on, but it's at least double that. And so I was way wrong on that estimate, but so was everybody else. And um, so, you know, here we are. And... The, the, the thing is, so I'm trying really hard to be positive, but at the same time, I'm getting calls from people, really, really great business people who run really great businesses with really good finances and you know they're well funded, they're, they're very well managed. and they are now looking at going out of business. They're looking at closing their company, they're looking at liquidating inventory. And um, you know I've had three calls, four calls this week from either uh, finance companies who are looking to liquidate large inventories, owners who are looking to uh, liquidate um, a liquidator, and uh, an auction company. And so, you know, I've had multiple calls this week with people who are liquidating full, complete inventories from our industry And, you know, again, that is not a good thing. That is not something that I'm happy about, even though that happens to be my business where I'm selling inventory for people. But I'd rather sell, you know, 12 of your lights than all of your lights or, you know, one of your sound systems than all of your sound inventory. And uh, so, you know, that's a problem. And the other part of that is that the more of these complete inventories uh that are put up for sale the harder it is for our industry as a whole to recover because what happens is if there's suddenly 20 million 30 million 40 100 million dollars in inventory that's pushed out to the market it's going to take a good 12 months to sell all of that inventory at least and what does that do to the manufacturers who are also looking to sell new inventory You know, that's very, very hard for them now because if, you know, suddenly a hundred ABC widgets become available on the market or a thousand of them that are used that are priced at 40 cents on the dollar, I'm not gonna buy brand new ABC widgets or even, you know, ABC Two widgets because I can get these ones for 40 cents on the dollar. And so, you know, that's bad for the industry. I'm starting to see people who are leaving the industry and not coming back. A lot of people, people who have changed jobs, changed careers. They've spent 20, 30, 10, however many years in this industry, and they're now changing careers. And can you imagine that? I mean, six, eight months ago, at the beginning of this year, did you wake up and think, I'm not going to be touring anymore? that's it i'm i'm going to be done i'm going to be in a different business altogether i'm no longer a sound person i'm now you know a logistics person for a software company or a whatever i'm i'm uh, working for amazon now because they happen to be the one business that has not been negatively impacted at all from any of this and in fact they've probably uh you know doubled uh, their business again so you know I, again why is this happening? Why are we losing people? Why are we losing company? Why are companies being forced into a position where they have to liquidate their entire inventory? And it's because we can't do shows. We cannot do the things that these companies and these individuals are set up to do. We can't do it. We've been told we can't do it by the government, by other people who may have a different agenda, or by you know our own conscious in some in some cases in some cases it's our conscience that's that's telling us hey you're you're you know you're a bad person if you want to go out and do shows and again i understand i understand there's people on all sides of this discussion and but at the same time what i don't agree with is anyone who says that we should f- for very long periods of time continue operating on zero revenue or continue operating in a situation where we, we are pretty much killing our industry, killing businesses, killing people in our industry because of our own beliefs or because of our fears or because of whatever. If you're afraid, that's okay. Don't put yourself on the front line. And keep your staff and the people around you safe. Have them, you know, use the things that we all know may or may not work, but do at least provide some level of uh, safety or security, masks, for example. And so, you know, I just, I've been saying this since the very beginning of COVID, let's find a way to continue to work safely. And for me, and I'm sorry if people don't agree with me, I know there's a lot of people out there who are making a big living on XR stages and XR studios and virtual, all kinds of virtual things. For me, virtual is just not real. It's not, virtual is virtual. It's it's just, uh, it's entertaining, it's interesting, but it's not going to replace anything. And I'll give you an example. And, uh, uh, you know, I know there's friends who may or may not listen to this podcast who are involved with uh, America's Got Talent. So america, America's america Got Talent is a show that my son latched onto when he was about, I don't know, three or four years old, five years old, and it just became like a show that he had to watch every week. So it's just been a thing. Every week, my son and I watch America's Got Talent, and now it's down to where we record it, but I can tell you, so we kept recording this, this year because it was just set on the DVR to record every week, and... I think we're about, I don't know, 10 weeks behind. We haven't even watched it. We watched a couple of the virtual ones or the ones that had no audiences where they had, you know, the pictures of people up on the wall. And, you know, for me, it just wasn't the same. For him, it wasn't the same. We completely lost interest in the show. And this is a show we've watched. He's 16 years old. I think we've watched it probably 12 years nonstop. Haven't missed an episode. Saw every final, every semifinal, every... Every episode, really, and uh, you know, and I'm not a big TV watcher, so I would say that that is probably one of very few, less than a handful of shows that I've watched religiously on a weekly basis. And um, you know, it, why is just because you know, again, for me, like having a drink with a friend in a bar or or you know, at a beach or whatever. That is a real thing. Having a drink on a screen, you know, while it's definitely been entertaining, it's just not the same. And so, you know, now I say that, but at the same time, I think there's a lot of positive things that have happened with Zoom. Like, for example, um, virtual, these virtual happy hours, including my own, but virtual uh, or online Zoom meetings as opposed to just a phone call, I really like them. Like, I like that people are now interested and willing to have video meetings, video conferences, as opposed to just a phone call. And, you know, I'm not saying that that's going to replace an in-person meeting. In some cases, it probably will. But I think there are very good arguments for in-person meetings for a lot of things. But when it's a phone call or a Zoom call, I'd much rather do a Zoom call because I get a better feel for our business, our relationship, our transaction, whatever it is we're doing together, I get a much better feel for it when I'm looking at you and you're looking at me and we both know we're serious and that kind of thing. So I think there's positives that have come from this. Um But, you know, again, I want to get us back to work. I want to be a part of anything that gets us back to work. And yes, you know, we need the government help and all of those things. And I think most of you know that I've been very actively involved in this We Make Events thing. And that's all great. But, you know, for me, the end game isn't collecting money from the government. It's getting back to work, getting back to where we were last year and beyond, you know, to continue improving upon our industry, our own individual businesses, our careers, etc. cetera. Uh, I'm in this business, not because it's the one that could possibly make me richest. I'm in this business because I happen to love it. I love the people in it. I love the, I just love the, the feeling of being in this business. I love this business. It's a great business. And so, you know, the other thing that I wanted to mention is that many of my friends have found a way for COVID to provide opportunity. And so in some cases, that's just an opportunity to clean up or improve your life or your business, um, you know, whether it's changing uh you know inventory changing software changing sometimes employees you know sometimes you have an opportunity now to upgrade employees because there's a lot of people out there in the market looking for a job today and so if you've been carrying some dead weight where people don't appreciate their job anymore or they don't love the company as much as they used to or they're ready to retire or whatever the the reason is there are now really uh, you know probably not probably for sure more than at any time in in the past there are unbelievable people available on the market like I cannot believe some of the people who are unemployed today it's it's really crazy and so you know there's there's an opportunity there to make your business better now of course that is assuming that your business actually has some sort of an income to support those employees. Or you have a bank full of money and you're willing to hire people and just have them sit on the sidelines until you're ready to call them into the game. You know, that could be the case, too. It's like, you know, signing a quarterback in in, uh, the draft and paying him a huge amount of money to sit on the sidelines and watch for a year or two before you actually put him in the game. So, you know. Very well-funded companies, I think, are doing that. They're they're um, upgrading employees, even if they don't have work for them today, and that's an amazing thing. Um, but also, I've seen businesses, and I don't want to talk about some of the incredible pivots. Like, you know, one of the most obvious ones, Upstaging, who have been creating uh, PPE for schools and offices and, you know, government and whoever, uh, they've done such an incredible job just refocusing their entire staff on building those products. Um, so let's, let's put that aside, the, the massive pivots. I'm talking within our industry pivots. And, you know, there have been a lot of them that have been incredibly impressive. And in most cases, it doesn't get you to a 100% or 150% of what your revenue used to be. But it might get you to sixty percent or seventy percent, or even fifty percent, and that's better than, you know, twenty or twenty-five percent, where where most of the industry is, and and even worse in some cases. And I'll give you a you know a, a sort of uh, self-serving example. So with GearSource, very early in COVID, we looked at what the industry really needed, and we've been wanting to evolve our business for several years now, you know, when, when the term marketplace started being used much more commonly, I really looked at our business model and said, what we really need to become is a true marketplace, not a company that buys and sells used equipment, like a broker or whatever. We want to become a marketplace and creating marketplace software is very, very expensive and very time consuming. And it really is a complete 180 degree pivot of your business within your business though. So it's not a pivot to a different industry or whatever. It's a, it's just a complete business model change. And so, um, you know, I guess as a, as a, uh, just a a coincidence, we started rebuilding this platform last year and investing very slowly in it. Um, but very seriously rebuilding this platform to become a marketplace model. And we did a lot of research. We hired a team to sort of scope out the whole project and figure out what we needed to do, a very, very qualified team. And um, when COVID started this year, instead of pulling back on that, I basically doubled down and I found money out of all of my own personal, wherever I could get money from, and I said, not only do I want to finish this software pivot to create a marketplace within Gearsource, but I want to have it done by summer. And everybody just kind of went oh, and looked at me like I was completely nuts. And you know, honestly, that's what we did. So we ended up being a bit late. We had targeted uh July, I think July 15th was our first date, then August 1st, and it ended up being near the end of August. Um but we got it done, and it's been buggy as hell. And we've been working on it like crazy with our software team. And uh, I would say by the end of the year, we're going to have, let's say, about an eight out of ten on on uh, the the marketplace scale. You know, we're going to have a really, really good marketplace in, in in uh, in place done. You know, specifically, exclusively for our industry. And that's a massive undertaking and nobody else has done it. I don't think anyone else will do it because I know what the investment in time and energy and knowledge and, and money uh, involves. So, um, so you know, I mean, that is what I decided to do because I said, look, I can sit back and watch our business die with, with this industry right now because the industry is hurting and we were not the biggest nor the deepest pocket company out there. So we could only hurt for so long before I was going to have to say, Hey, look, I got to get rid of all the staff and just have me and one or two other people. And that's it. You know, we're going to try and survive on peanuts. Or I could really take it as an opportunity when our industry really needed something and, and provide them exactly what they needed. So, you know, that was, uh, that was something that I just decided to do. And so I'm not going to mention any names, but I spoke with one manufacturer whose um, product line was pretty much 100% Chinese uh, imported. And so, you know, private branded, white labeled, private labeled products. And, but pretty much 100% uh, imported from Chinese factories. And this manufacturer told, I, I said to them, you know, this was early in COVID when we talked. It was probably June or something, May and um, I said, you know, this sort of anti-China sentiment, is is that something that concerns you? And they said, yes, it, it really concerns us to a point where we're actually um, using this as an opportunity to do something that we've wanted to do, to do for a number of years, which is diversify our supply chain. And I said, what do you mean? And they said, well... You know, we're looking at doing some manufacturing in the U.S., some manufacturing in Mexico, some manufacturing in parts of Eastern Europe, and a very small part of our manufacturing will continue in China. And I said, wow, that's massive. And they said, yeah, you know, we actually had sort of early stage plans going on anyways, but we pulled the trigger uh, to start moving in this direction shortly after COVID began. And so, again, that's similar to what I did with GearSource. When, when COVID began, instead of pulling back and saying, hey, let's just you know, keep the business we've got today, keep it exactly the same, and maybe scale back uh, you know, 80% of our staff and, and really, really pull back as hard as we can on expenses, instead of doing all of those things and just trying to survive – they said they looked at it as an opportunity to really change and evolve their business to become a better business, not only during COVID, but on the other side of all of this. And that's exactly what I did as well. So, you know, I think anyone who's listening to this right now, if you have a business, you should be looking at your business and asking yourself all kinds of questions. And, and by the way, I'm an amazing consultant. I, I am so good at solving others other people's problems way better than solving my own problems. Like, you know, it's the thing I've always said about marriage and and companies and everything. I always know the right things to do. I just don't do them myself. So I'm great at telling other people how to solve their uh, relationship problems, but I, I don't solve my own. I don't take my own advice in many cases. But I'm telling you this right now. If, if you need help with your business, if you have questions or ideas or things that you think I might be able to help you with, I am happy to help. Just shoot me an email, uh, marcel at gearsource.com and let's, you know, set up one of those infamous Zoom calls and we'll talk about it and I'll sign an NDA with you and be completely confidential. But, uh, and I'm not saying I'm smarter than you. It's just sometimes it's amazing Not sometimes, all the time. It's amazing to have someone else, another set of eyes, another set of ears, another set of ideas on your business. And I guarantee you, whatever the problem is, I'll throw out 10 different solutions and you'll go, that's a good idea. I never thought of that. That's a good idea. Oh, yeah, we tried that one before. That didn't work. And, you know, again, I'm not smarter than you. I, I'm probably nowhere near as smart as you are, especially when it comes to your own business. But I just might have some fresh ideas that you haven't thought of yet. Because sometimes when you're inside your own bubble, uh, you know, you, you just aren't quite as creative as you used to be when it was new, you know. And so I would be happy to help uh, anyone in that situation. And so look at your own business Look at the fact that in our industry, we are probably not going to be back to any form of 2019 um, for a couple of years now. And I'm not saying we won't be back to work because I know a lot of companies that are starting to get back to work today. I know some designers who are starting to design some things today. Uh, you know, talking to some major LDs who are talking to their artists about getting back out on the road soon. And, and they're starting to look at, you know, a lot of bands are recording right now, which means they're going to be touring soon. So I think we're getting really close. It smells like we're getting really, really close. But at the same time, look at your business. And if you went through COVID and you come out the other end exactly the same as you were, I think you've missed a huge opportunity to improve your business, to become better, to become, you know, healthier, to uh, make more money, whatever it is that you want to do. I think, you know, I know some people that just went into COVID and said, I want a better relationship with my kids. You know, I I just want to have a better relationship with my kids. My kids, you know, I haven't spent enough time with them or whatever. This is going to give me an opportunity to get closer to my family. And that's amazing. If, you know, you just wanted to rebuild your garage, I know that uh, Glenn, I remember seeing Glenn, and he he did an amazing job rebuilding his garage. And of course, Craig, Craig Caserta with the uh, infamous uh, treehouse. And, you know, a lot of other things. I've seen people, you know, who uh, planted a garden that they've been wanting to do for 10 years or whatever. But If you're just sitting watching Netflix, what a wasted opportunity this has been. It really has. And I'm not putting you down. I'm not judging. I absolutely am not judging anyone for anything. You could sit and drink beer all day. I don't care. It doesn't matter. But what I'm saying is you have an opportunity to make a difference in your life, in your family's life, in your employees' lives, in your employer's life by just, you know, doing something different thinking outside the box evolving changing growing whatever it is but uh, yeah so anyways sorry I just kind of blabbed on here but I just had some stuff I wanted to say and I wanted to share it with you and thank you for spending a little bit of time with me have a great day